0: Welcome to Abide's Kids Bedtime Stories. I'm Tyler Boss. Today's bedtime story is sponsored by FaithfulCounseling.com Talk to a therapist who shares your Christian values. Just go to FaithfulCounseling.com abide to get started online or in their app. You can easily have access to our most recent kids bedtime stories and other sleep stories by downloading the Abide app. All right, it's time to settle into bed and drift off to sleep. With this bedtime story. Well, hello there. I'm Captain Thaddeus Cadiddle, and this, this is my skyship, Dreamer. My cargo is stories, and our destination, dreams. You're in for an adventure, my friend. So, all aboard! And welcome to Skyship Dreamer. Dream on. Uh, taking a break today. He's been under the weather lately. I'm sure he'll be fine, but we do need to pray for him. One of my favorite places in the world is right here at the helm of Sky Ship Dreamer. Steering through the clouds, looking out over the mountains, the lakes, watching the morning sun light up a world of wonder below. There's a beautiful verse from Psalm 37, 4. Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. I have found a special delight in God, drawing close to his heart, listening for his whisper, feeling the warmth of his presence. And he has made that verse come true. You know, when I was a, a young lad, I would dream of becoming the captain of a ship. And there were times I would look up and dream I could fly. And look what God did. The desires of my heart. And now, I get to share those desires and dreams with my friends. Like you. And speaking of friends, hello, Albert. Hello, Captain. Beautiful morning, huh? It is indeed. Albert, I wonder if you could tell our friend here the story about the artist, your friend? Oh, Jacob! You know? Oh, yeah, yeah, of course, of course, yeah. Um, down Here, have a seat, my friend, and I'll tell you the story, all right? All right, uh, this, uh, this vessel we're flying in, it's all about dreams. And I think dreams are pretty important, all right? We know from reading the Bible that God speaks to people in dreams, all right? But I want to talk to you about another kind of dream, something I think we all understand. I want you to close your eyes and imagine you and I are sitting on a park bench. We're in Brooklyn, New York. You hear that? Those birds just singing away, no matter what else is going on. I've heard their songs on rainy and gloomy days and they always make me feel better. Now, do you think the birds know the value of what they do? I mean, do you think they know they can make people feel better just by doing what they do normally? Their little songs soothe my heart and mind in a way nothing else can. Sometimes I give them some bread just to just to say thanks. So, here in Brooklyn, you can see there are apartment buildings all around us, okay? They call them tenements. Lots of people live in a small area. Hey, we like it here, huh? Over there is where I live, right there, that brown brick building, lots of windows. Mm Mm-hmm, that's it. I played stickball right here, right here on the street with my buddies when we were growing up. I still play when the kids are out sometimes. Now, over here, right here, is where a fella named Jacob Kugelman lived when I was a kid. He and his wife, Kim, had this house. Not a a big house, but a comfy, cozy house. The kind where, you know, you could welcome people inside, but uh, you'd never have a big party there. I couldn't tell you how many of Kim's peanut butter and jelly sandwiches I ate at their little table. I was at that tiny kitchen table while Kim fed the kids mashed up bananas and peas. And Jacob taught me this verse that meant a lot to him. Psalm 37, 4. Delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. (laughs) He liked to talk to us a lot about the Bible and Jesus all the time, all the time. I I didn't know what that meant when he taught it to me, but I figured it out a while later. Now, Jacob was this... Little man, okay, not even a whole lot taller than me when I was a kid. To us, he was uh, an ordinary guy, walking his dog, you know, Jack, throwing the ball with his kids, cutting the lawn on a Saturday. But there was something about Jacob that set him apart from all the other dads in the neighborhood. Jacob drew comic books. Oh, Jacob not only drew comic books. Oh, he drew my favorite comic book, the Blue Zephyr. Oh, we had no idea. In the comics, it said the artist's name was Jay Coop. We couldn't believe that Jay Coop was actually our neighbor, Jacob Kugelman. And nowadays, kids don't really remember the Blue Zephyr. He's a bit old-fashioned, huh? But in my day, oh, he was tops. We never wondered if he was the good guy. Mm Mm-mm. He had a big heart and huge muscles. Plus, he knew how to beat the bad guys at their own game. He was smart. And he had a cool blue and yellow costume with a mask that covered his whole head. Oh, and when he moved fast, he looked just like a gust of wind. Or uh, a zephyr. That's That's a gust of wind. We couldn't believe it when we found out that the guy who drew our favorite hero lived right here, around the corner from us. (laughs) In a way, he became our hero. All right, here we are. Now, imagine his house right here. It's it's changed since then with this building here, but his house was right here. Just a small, one-story house only big enough for a door and a good-sized window on the front. It's got white tin siding and a black roof. The yard isn't even real big for a yard, but, but Jacob took pride in pulling the weeds and keeping it look nice. His kids said that he set up a drawing board and pencils at the kitchen table. He worked there all day long and then cleaned up so Kim could set the table for dinner. That's when I discovered what Jacob meant with that verse. Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Well, for him, sitting at that table, drawing comic books like Blue Zephyr, was an act of worship. It was how he delighted in the Lord. I once asked Jacob how he got started in comic books. He just shrugged and said, I was in the right place at the right time. Though obviously there's more to it than that. He had a lot of talent for drawing. Oh, not just people and superheroes, huh? But cars and and buildings and airplanes and even whole cities. Oh, he could draw them really good. In those days, they didn't use a computer, right? They used a pencil and a ruler. I found out that Jacob had been drawing since he was a little kid. Whatever paper he could find, he would draw a picture on it. All that practice paid off when he came up with the Blue Zephyr. Of course, his folks did think being an artist would earn him enough money to support a family. Jacob and Kim married young, and before they knew it, they had three kids. Uh, Don't get me wrong. Jacob was a very smart guy, but he was never going to be nothing but an artist. I think he knew that God put him on this earth to draw comic books, so that's what he was going to do. Kim knew this. She understood it. She's a good lady. But her parents and his parents, they never understood it. They never stopped getting after him to get what they called a real job. It didn't matter to them that everyone else was living in tenements and Jacob was able to buy a house. He even had a motorcycle for a while, so he didn't have to take the train into Manhattan when he dropped off his artwork at the publisher. Still, they pestered him to get another job. So Jacob, using the name J. Coop, kept drawing comics. He did it for a lot of years. In fact, he had almost 200 issues of The Blue Zephyr alone. And that's, in addition all the other comics he drew. And then one day... Oh, his hands started hurting. At first, he thought he'd just been working too hard. He took some time off, but they still ached when he picked up a pencil. Finally, Kim got him to see a doctor who told him that he had arthritis in his hands. Jacob took some medication for the pain, but after a while... He found out he was having a hard time just holding a pencil. It hurt him to do the thing he loved most, draw. Finally, he had to give it up. Jacob wasn't a young fella anymore, and he'd had a great run. He'd worked steadily for a long time, and we all accepted that he was going to hang up his drawing board. Us kids from the neighborhood were We were proud of him But But Jacob Found out That giving up your dream Even after you'd brought that dream to life Hundreds of times Giving up Wasn't so easy He prayed about it Knowing that God was Already well aware of his desires Before long He recognized what he could do, and it made perfect sense. Jacob realized that even though he couldn't hold a pencil, it didn't hurt his hands to hold a paintbrush. That was an amazing discovery for him. Maybe he couldn't draw comics anymore, but he could do some fine art paintings. So that's what he did. Instead of setting up a Kim's kitchen table... Jacob would set up his paints and easel outside, sometimes in the yard, sometimes down by the river. He painted cityscapes, the most expressive cityscapes you'd ever seen. Uh, He painted bridges. He painted people going about their lives. He painted real life. Now, Jacob had been a comic book artist for so long that he'd never done fine art painting before. It didn't take long, though for him to realize two things. One, he was pretty good at it. And two, he had no idea how to make money at this. <sighs> Jacob got some money from the government for his disability, but it wasn't the kind of money he made drawing comics. He really wasn't sure how to make this into a career, especially this late in life. But that didn't matter. He was pretty passionate about it, and he loved it, and he felt like God had opened a door for him. Now, Jacob continued painting for a few years, filling canvas after canvas, dozens of them, and then storing them away. There was one painting that Kim loved more than any other. It was a park in Brooklyn, the park where she and Jacob met when they were so, so young. The leaves on the trees were yellow, umber, and golden brown, autumn colors, just like when they had met. And in the bottom right corner, just above his J. Coop signature, was a young couple, painted in such a way that you knew they were falling in love. It was... So personal and so perfect that Kim insisted they hang it in their small living room just above the couch where it was visible to anyone who walked past on the sidewalk. So one day, there's a knock at the door. Jacob opens it, and there's this lady standing there. She's dressed really nice. I mean, really nice. She has a diamond ring so big you could break a window with it. I have walked past your house many times, she said. I've noticed that painting, and I think it's wonderful. I wanted to ask you where you bought it. I, I, I didn't buy it, Jacob says. I painted that for, for my wife. She couldn't believe it. This painting she'd seen so many times, and here was the artist right in front of her. She asked if she could buy it, but Jacob was adamant. He would not sell it. It was Kim's painting and they were going to keep it. Have you done any other paintings that you might consider selling, she asked. Well, I suppose, Jacob said, and invited her in. He showed her his canvases, adorned with beautiful paintings of his city, of people, of, of the surrounding area. There were even a few he did from his memory of Brooklyn as a child. The lady looked them over and became overwhelmed. Tears filled her eyes as she looked at the artwork. Is there something wrong? Jacob asked. The lady explained that she grew up in Brooklyn too and nobody had captured the real city the way he had with his paintings. His paintings were exactly the way she felt about her home city. Then she said something that surprised him. She told him that she was a curator at an art gallery in Manhattan. Yeah. She was in charge of putting art displays together, and she wanted to have a showing of his paintings. Well, Jacob and Kim only had to talk for about, oh, 10 seconds to agree that this was something they wanted to do. They worked it out with the lady and figured out the schedule. Eventually, the day came and the display opened. There are almost 30 paintings hanging up on the walls of the gallery. It was beautiful, almost as if the walls were bursting with colors. The artwork was so inviting and hopeful that it was as if there was like a smaller version of Brooklyn within the gallery itself. The show was scheduled to last one month. They had lots of people show up on the first day. And there was a the big celebration, you know? I even put on a suit and tie and went to see the show. There was this huge banner outside the gallery that said, Jacob Kugelman's Brooklyn. I was so proud to know him. And I came back every couple of days just to look at his paintings. Well, unfortunately, not too many other people did. He sold one painting in the first couple weeks, and uh, that was to the lady who was curating the show. Everyone who stopped in said they thought it was good artwork. Good, but uh, nobody was buying. But you know what? That didn't get Jacob down. You see, his passion was making art. If people enjoyed looking at it, hey, that was enough for him. That one sale he made was more money than he'd ever expected. And he and Kim, they were happy. Then early one morning, right around the second week of the showing, a bicycle messenger comes by to drop off an envelope for the owner of the gallery. As he's walking out, he stopped and looked at one of the paintings. He bent over and took a closer look at the signature. Then he took out his smartphone and punched a few buttons. He stepped up to the sign and read the name out loud. Jacob Kugelman. Jacob Kugelman. That's... that's Jay Coop. The owner of the gallery confirmed that Jacob Kugelman was the real name of Jay Coop. Well, the messenger was too shocked to even speak. He, he mumbled and bumbled a few words, but the owner didn't understand any of it. Well, later that day, the messenger came back with a friend. He pointed out the signature and said, You see? Jay Coop. The friend looked close, then looked back at the messenger, then pulled out his wallet and bought the painting for $10,000. Ten thousand bucks! Can you believe it? Oh. Well, the next day, when the owner came to open the gallery, there was a line, a huge line around the block, mostly young adults. What are you all doing here? the owner asked. We saw online that you're selling original Jay Coop artwork. She explained to them that they were paintings by Jacob Kugelman, and he signed his work, Jay Coop. This uh, one customer says to her, Oh, we know! He explained that there were many fans of Jay Coop's artwork, but they had no idea there was this show until someone posted it online. He explained to the astonished woman just who Jay Coop was. She had no idea. That day, she sold four more paintings. The next day, the crowds were back, and she sold three more. (laughs) She called Jacob that night, and she asked him if he had any more artwork that they could display. Well, all I have are these comic book pages I drew for about 20 years, he said. They've been sitting in boxes in my attic. You would not believe the screech that came out of that lady's mouth. <laughs> Jacob almost dropped the phone. The next day, Jacob and Kim show up at the gallery with boxes of comic book pages, blue Zephyr pages, and every other comic book he'd drawn. He saw for himself the lines of people that had come to see his artwork. He set the boxes down, and he watched as people entered the gallery and looked around enjoying his paintings. Kim held his hand, and a tear appeared in his eye. I had no idea, he said. No idea. That day, Jacob learned he had fans all over the country. Oh, all over the world. People flew in from Washington and California just to see the gallery display. A filmmaker from Hollywood told him how Jacob's layout and composition taught him how to make movies. (laughs) Then a professor from an art institute in Vienna, Austria, tells him he taught a course on J. Coop's art. (laughs) Jacob couldn't believe he had so many fans out there. Before the showing was over, every painting had sold, making Jacob more money than he and Kim had ever imagined. The gallery owner helped him set up a second show with his comic book pages, which also sold for a lot of money. Let me tell you, (laughs) Jacob and Kim were basically rich. But did they move out of the neighborhood? Hmm. Did they buy a big car or lots of fancy toys? Nope. They paid the bills. They bought the kids and grandkids all kinds of things. They invested in young artists and gave money to foundations to help young disadvantaged people. See, for Jacob, it was all about creating art. He never thought he was a better artist than other men or women. And he sure never knew that his art gave so much pleasure to so many people. All he knew was he had a dream, and he followed it, and he delighted in the Lord. And you know what? I think it worked out for him. He was like like those birds that sing away. Making beautiful music just by, just by talking. You know, they don't know how it affects the people who hear. And you know what? You might never know how you affect other people as well. But you can be happy, just following the passion that God gave you. Delight yourself in the Lord, and you know what? He will give you the desires. Well, I hope you enjoyed our story. There's much more to come. Until our next voyage on Skyship Dreamer, keep dreaming.